1: Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 17 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined by Elliott Shore Parks and Mark Eckel, our Eagles beat reporters for NJ Advance Media, coming off what was the worst Eagles game of the season, a 45-17 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we look forward now and really kind of question everything about this Eagles football team and the Chip Kelly regime. Elliot, we'll start with you. Uh, kind of just give me your thoughts on Chip Kelly right now. As, as everyone is talking about what has happened to the Eagles, a pair of 10 in 6 seasons his first two years, he gets full power, and now the team just looks like they're in disarray. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think about, you know,
2: two years ago. I always bring back to this moment for some reason with me with the Chip Kelly era. Just being in the press box of the Chip Kelly's first game of Monday Night Football against Washington – when his offense is running up and down the field and everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy is a genius. I mean, like, this is going to go phenomenally. And then that year it did. And just to compare the mood from that game, just really, I mean, you know, a little over two years ago to the game on Sunday against the Buccaneers. And just, you know, the game itself was ugly. But just in a larger picture, the whole whole feeling there, I mean, like – It was gloomy. Like the fans were leaving, they were getting blown out. People were mad at Chip Kelly. This was their second bad loss in a row. And it just felt so much like the arrow is trending down with this team. And it's hard to sometimes differentiate if it's like if is the arrow trending down with this group of players, this exact year of of this exact you know team, or is the arrow trending trending down with Chip? And the issue is they're so hard to separate now because Chip is the Eagles. I mean, every and Mark can attest to this every single inch of the Nova care and everything about this team is chip. I mean, he's got complete control. So, you know, I remain optimistic about chip, which is not something a lot of fans do there. I think there are still some fans out there that are very optimistic about chip. And I'm, I am in, you know, the camp of thinking that chip is still going to be able to turn this around and be a winning coach. But man, on Sunday, it was, it was ugly. And I, I said to Mark, uh, I think we were talking in the press box or, uh, I think maybe today at practice, you know, it was kind of one of my first moments where I thought, like, what if this what if this doesn't work out with Chip? And I never really thought that. So remain optimistic. But I guess some doubt is creeping in a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think with you and everyone else, there's doubt creeping in. Mark, you've seen a lot of these coaches come and go through the years. I mean, Andy stayed a long time, but you've been around the team uh, with coaches that obviously haven't lasted close to that that kind of length. Um, where are you on Chip now? I know you've been supportive of, of him as a coach, and uh, but obviously Sunday against the Bucks, that was an ugly effort in, in almost every way possible.
0: Yeah, I've been very supportive of Chip. I of all the coaches I've covered, I've covered I think six of them now. Um, I still say he's the smartest guy I've been around. I don't. I'm not waning from from that. Maybe he's too smart for his own good. Sometimes I don't know if that's possible. I never. I, I never think you could be too smart or too intelligent, but um, it's bad. And it's not just the the, the Tampa loss was awful, obviously, all, beyond awful. And coming on the heels of the Dolphin loss, which in a lot of ways, I mean, the score wasn't nearly as bad. They only, they only lost by a point. But the way they lost the Dolphin, I mean, I used to always say I'd rather lose 45 to 17 and 20. I mean, can you lose like that? And you just walk away. And say, wow, we lost. Okay. Let's get it rid of, forget about, you, you know, when you lose one of them, you can pick out a hundred plays during the game and say, if we did that. It, so like, sometimes that's, that's worse, but putting them back to back is just, uh, I was trying to think of the last time i witnessed back to back losses of this magnitude. And I can't remember. I mean, they were they were, and when you throw in the fact they were a touchdown favorite in both games, adds to because people say, Oh, well, you remember when they were, yeah, but they were bad then, like Marion Campbell's year, or, or you know, at the end of Code Titan, or you know, Ray Rhodes when they went three and 13. Yeah, they were terrible, but they were 20 point under not 20, but you know, 10 point underdogs in those games. They were supposed to lose, and they did these games, they were supposed to win. I mean, come on, after that Dallas game, if that's another game, if, if, if you go back three weeks. They beat Dallas in overtime, and Bradford plays like his only good game in a long time. Um, people are excited, and, you know, wow, man, we beat the Cowboys. And listen, we're rolling now. we got three easy games coming up. Well, you're two-thirds of the way through those, quote-unquote, three easy, three easy games, and you're too. two. So I don't know where they go from here. I, I know they go to Detroit, but I don't know how many more games they they win this year. I really don't. I think this year's a wash at this point. The game kind
2: of reminded me of, um, I think it was two years ago, it was Reed's, or three years ago, Reed's last season. It was kind of my first, I was just kind of starting to get on the beat, seriously. I remember that, that loss to the Falcons. I think it was coming off the bye, and they yes. lost to the Falcons at home, and they got blown out. And I remember the mood there was similar to the one on Sunday, where it just kind of felt like, like the end. Like, this is like... Like the chip era is not over, and what we're gonna discuss at length. But yesterday, our Sunday just really felt like that's it. Like the season's over. Like there's there's no coming back from that. And the crazy thing is, they in theory they could. They're only a game out with six to go. I mean, even if there was three games to go, they would still have a, a half decent shot. But I don't think this team has shown literally nothing. Not even in terms of skill level. I mean, I think. I do believe they are a skilled team. I honestly believe that. I think the defense had a bad day yesterday clearly. I still think the defense is one of the, you know, top 15ish units in the league. I think they have talent on offense, but like I don't know. This team just doesn't seem like they have any heart and any leadership. And so like are they one they're only one game out with 6 to go. Yes, but like they do absolutely nothing to inspire you to think that they have it in them to bounce back and win this. And maybe they'll prove me wrong, but I just I don't see it anymore. And I, I had seen yeah. it, you know, through the ugly loss to Dallas when they, were lo- when they lost 20 to 10. I was like, it's all right. They'll be okay. When they dropped to one and three, I was like, you know, they got this. But now I'm just like, you know, 10 games in, like, they got no backbone. They got no leadership in that locker room.
0: You're right, Elliot. And like you said, and I, and I wrote this even before the Tampa Bay game, that the one thing this team did have, or at least I thought they had, and even and Chip Kelly's teams, in, you know, it's only it's still a short sample by some, you know, three years, but they were resilient. You're right. They, loved, they looked awful against Dallas early in the year, but they came right. back and beat, beat the Jets on the road the next week. Right. Which was, you know, okay, so they did that. They were one and three, and were, oh my God, they lost to that Redskin game. They bounced back and played very well against the Saints and Giants to get mm-hmm. to three and three. So when they lost to Miami, and it was a gut-wrenching, no, you know, no reason to lose game, blown a 13-point lead. I thought, okay. all right, they're going to show their resiliency again, come out and beat Tampa Bay, and be in first place by the end of the day. But no, 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 just the opposite. They, they rolled over and died against Tampa Bay. So, I, yeah, I, I don't – again, football is a crazy sport, and this year has been the craziest in my, in my 30 years of covering it, not just the Eagles, but the, but the entire league. So anything can happen – but I'm with you, and I don't.
2: I don't see this team
0: winning more than a couple games the rest of the way.
2: And, and what's yeah. crazy is what's crazy is the whole thing with Chip taking over control this past off season, and a lot of the moves he's made has been about like building culture, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, the Deshaun move, LaShawn, Le- you know, uh, Evan Mathis with his contract. But right now, I mean, if you ask me what these teams' biggest issue is, I'd say number one quarterback. But number two, I think is like a culture issue. I mean, some of these guys they bring in they're all good guys. Like, you know, they're all nice people, but guys like Byron Maxwell, guys like DeMarco Murray, and really guys like Sam Bradford. I mean, these are, you know, those are like the three most important guys on your team in a lot of ways. I mean, DeMarco gave a big deal to Maxwell's got that massive contract. Bradford's your quarterback. And yeah, they're all nice guys. And you know, Bradford had that meeting in the in showers with his teammates, which I guess was cool. But like, I mean, do any of them? I mean, you're, Mark, you're around them as well. Like, I don't think any of them really seem like rah-rah guys. And leading up to that Buccaneers game, you you were making fun of me a little bit about how much that Jameis Winston video from the week before where... where like Only because you got was, so impressed by it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I, but to me, that was like, and for those listening that haven't seen it, there was a, there was a video of Jameis Winston after the Buccaneers win over the Cowboys where he's yeah, he's... Basically, after the win, just giving like a rah rah speech, and you know, all his teammates are listening. You can see Lovey Smith looking on, and it's like 30 seconds. But to me, that video was like everything that was all of the Eagles' problems wrapped into one. One, they don't have a quarterback, two, they don't have anybody that would give that type of speech, and three, they definitely don't have a quarterback that would combine and also give that type of speech. And we talked about this against a buck, um, me and Mark did in the press box. You can just see when you get a quarterback, everything changes, change, right? Yep. And so that's why when people say, and, you know, is Chip, should Chip be fired? Does Chip have a big problem? All Chip needs is a quarterback. Once Chip gets that guy, like that leader, that incom- like total encompassing franchise quarterback, he'll be fine because Chip can coach. I mean, you know, Chip knows how to run the Eagles. The issue is they don't have a quarterback. And because of that, they got no leadership. And so the team falls apart quickly, which is what we saw against the uh, Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, for a little clarity, anyone listening, if you maybe listen to this after Thursday's game, after Thanksgiving Day against the Lions, uh, we're recording this on the Monday right after the Tampa Bay game. So, uh, But the bigger point remains. That Chip I'm Kelly sure a Eugene, lot of this will still stand. After, right. Uh, <laughs> no matter what happens. Even if the Eagles go out there and beat yeah, the they're Lions. They're not getting a quarterback between now and then. No, they're not. <laughs> so all of, all of the points stand and all of the questions about Chip stand. I guess the question I have off of what you were just saying, Elliot, is what changed here? Now, obviously, Chip becoming in power is, was a big change. But the Eagles were 19 and nine in his first 28 games, and we can go back. They didn't have a quarterback then either. I mean, they got a lot out of Nick Foles in 2013, but they've never had a franchise quarterback under Chip Kelly yet. They were 19 and nine his first uh, 19 and uh, let's do the math here. But they were 19 and nine, and then they're five and nine since they're five and mm-hmm. nine since last Thanksgiving. I mean, what changed? He didn't have a quarterback then. They were a good team his first year and three quarters. Since then, they've been a bad team. I mean, is this a deeper well, problem than just the quarterback position? They didn't have a quarterback,
2: but what they did have was they had Nick Foles, who played out of his mind, who played like a franchise quarterback for, you know, what'd they go? I think 8-2 and two with him or something like that. So if you take away that 8-2 and two from the 18-9 eight, and nine or whatever, I mean, you know, I mean, they really, really, since Chip's gotten here, he's only had one good stretch of quarterback play last year even when they moved to five and two, and I think they might've went to six and two with uh, Foles and then one game of Sanchez, they were still getting, the quarterback play wasn't great, but they were still getting kind of good quarterback and quarterback play. And at least Foles was considered the guy at that point. So Foles did have a good stretch, but you know, I think really, and I think it was this past off season. I mean, you make all these types of moves and we've seen it with the dream team a few years ago. I don't know how much you can compare the two, but when you just throw guys together, you know, it's tough. And I think a lot of us overlook that. But I mean, if you said to me, like, let's say Howie Roseman did this past off season, like we knew Howie made all those moves and Chip was just the coach. I'd be saying to you right now, well, the obvious problem is Howie, you know, like Chip can coach. There's no doubt Chip can coach. I mean, he's had a top five offense the past two seasons. He was a great college coach, even though he never won a championship. He was within a few points of it. You know, he had the good Start to the past two seasons. If you would have told me that Howie made them bring in Bradford, bring in Demarco Murray, overpay for Byron Maxwell, up to this point completely botched the first two rounds of the draft from last year, from this past draft, I'd be like, well, the obvious issue is Howie, but the issue is that it wasn't Howie. It was Chip. Chip made all those moves. So I think Chip kind of dug his own grave to a certain point, and the preseason masked that a little bit. But now he's coaching a team that, realistically, why should anybody expect to win? I mean, you got Bradford throwing the Miles Austin, like, and it's 2015. I mean, that wasn't even a good combination four years ago, let alone now. So I think that's really what's the, the undoing was maybe, maybe Chip shouldn't have been given
1: full control. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but it certainly hasn't worked out. No, it hasn't. I mean, they, they've been one of the worst teams. I mean, three of the games they've, we, they've lost at home this year, I mean, they're the type of games that just make a fan base lose their mind. You're paying all that money for season tickets, and you watch that Cowboys game in week two. You watch a Dolphins game a couple weeks ago. You watch the Tampa game. And those are just, I mean, the efforts, whether it be effort perspective or just execution, are just so bad. Uh, now what, Mark, as we move forward here, whether or not they beat the Lions or what they do in December, there's a, there's so many issues with Chip Kelly and this team right, right now moving forward. Now what? What happens moving forward here? I mean, are, are we That's witnessing a, the end of this thing? No, no, you're not witnessing the
0: end. You're you're, you're witnessing what happens when a guy with inexperience has, has to make decisions without anyone else with any experience— around mm-hmm. him to guide him and i think you have to look at each individual like you know Elliot says you know they brought in this guy i think you have to look at each individual case and make a case as to why it didn't work Or you asked why didn't it work or how did they go from 1909 19. well bradford they took a gamble they gambled they thought and you have to sometimes i mean the, the arizona cardinals took a big gamble on carson palmer. carson palmer was done he was a bum in oakland he was good in cincinnati Went to Oakland, it looked like his career was long done. He was a shot fighter. He was no Parson yeah. Palmer has Arizona playing pretty well, just like Arizona did a decade ago or whenever it was when they Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was great with St. Louis. He went to, to the Giants, he looked like he was done. He resurfaces in the desert and takes him to a Super Bowl, which they darn near won. So it was a gamble. You know, was Brad's to my the difference between Bradford and Palmer and Warner was they were good. They had history. They were very good quarterbacks at one time. Went, got old, whatever, didn't look, bound, bounced back. Bradford was never good. He had potential. He was the number one pick of the draft out of Oklahoma, but he was never good. Let's be honest. He, he won rookie of the year. That must have been a bad rookie class because his numbers <laughs> weren't even that great. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> no. like he, was, he was Michael Carter Williams. He was the best rookie of a bad right. bunch of rookies. That's what he was. I mean, you look at it. his, he wasn't great in 2010, he was okay. It was Again, you saw potential. Bradford's the potential guy. But it's six years into this now. So Bradford was a gamble that, that he lost. He, he rolled the dice and it came up a snake items. Guys like Maxwell and Murray bother me a little bit because and – and I like Maxwell. I do. I, I like Byron Maxwell. He just happened to come up at the right time. He was in the right place at the right time. It was, he, he's coming off a team that was very good two Super Bowls back to back. He's a key part of, the, of that team. And he, and he's, he becomes a free agent with not any other cornerbacks of that, you know, of his caliber or of his, you know, that have gone to super, Bowl. I mean, the other one was Rebus, but obviously Rebus was either going back to new England or going to the Jets. So he wasn't even really a free agent. So you had Byron Maxwell as the guy. So you had to overpay him to get him. But I And I don't want to, I don't want this to come across as I'm killing Byron Maxwell, but he won a Super Bowl. So he, 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 he achieved the pinnacle of what every player wants to do, win a Super Bowl. But he didn't get paid yet. Now he got paid. So he got his Super Bowl. He's got his money. Eh, four and six. Okay, what are you doing? I don't, think, I don't think it bothers him a whole lot that they're four and six. DeMarco I Murray. DeMarco Murray. And that, again, wasn't. You know, was a he. No one thought when the Dallas draft that Demarco Murray wasn't supposed to be a great one. He was like, okay, he's a good, he's a good player. He played well at Oklahoma. He was never. No one ever picked him to lead the league in rushing, but he did, and he did it in his contract year. Wow, what a thing! And now, boom, he gets paid. And again, you know, I I think they have too many guys now. They added too many guys that. um, It's funny. Jeffrey Lurie used to use this line when he when he first bought the team, and we used to laugh at him about it, but. He used to say, we want young, ascending players. That's what we're looking for, young, ascending players. Those – Maxwell, Bradford, Murray, they're not young, ascending players. They're guys that needed to get paid. Well, not Bradford. Bradford's been getting paid since he came out of Oklahoma. But I wouldn't call any of them ascending. They're kind of flatliners, and that's how the team's playing now. I mean, you know, Kiko Alonso, another one now – He may have been one of those young ascending players, but his knees shot. He can't even run. He can't move. So it was just a bad, bad mix. Like everything that could have gone wrong this offseason of the moves they made, other than Walter Thurman, which was the least talked about move of all of them, right? That was an afterthought. I think he signed the same day as somebody else, didn't
2: he? Do you Do you remember? I'm sorry. I, I don't remember. No, I don't remember. But you're right. But but it was definitely, definitely
1: on the radar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That was the one we said, oh, they run a road of
0: thermometer. He'll compete for the nickel job or something. It'll be all right. You know, uh, that has been by far and away the best move of the offseason. So, but, but I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got off track. Where do they go? <sighs> go in the tank and get a good pick and well, start that, over next year.
2: <laughs> that's kind of the question. Like, I still believe in Chip Kelly, the head coach. I do. Too? But do we believe in Chip Kelly, the general manager, going forward? Like, like what do you do? So, this offseason, I asked, I asked this Mark a few days ago. Like, let's say, let's just go out on a, on a limb and guess Eagles don't make the playoffs, right? And honestly, even <laughs> if they do. That's a big limb, like, Elliot, huh? Yeah, and honestly, though, even if they do, I still don't think it should change how they attack this offseason. Bradford's not the answer. For no. whatever reason, Bradford lucks into a 4-2 over the next six games, which would be a minor miracle. But let's just say he somehow does it. Bradford's played 60 some, like, roughly 60 games. In his NFL career now, these next, six, these next six games are not the answer. So no matter what, I think your you're, what you have to do this off season has been decided. Whatever happens these next six games, you can't let that impact what you do. So going into this offseason, what are like what does Chip have to do, and it, can he be trusted to do it? I think if you're Jeffrey Lurie, that might be what you have to ask yourself. And I, I think that answer is still yes. There's no way you remove Chip. Maybe you bring in a vet. Maybe. You say to Chip, like, do you want to bring in more of a seasoned guy to work with you and, and Ed Manowitz, who is also very young? I mean, you yeah. know, him and him and Chip, you know, Chip, Chip's been coaching a long time, but Chip's only been coaching the NFL for two two years and six games, or two, two Neither years and one games. of those guys. I
0: don't mean, to interrupt, neither one of no, those God. guys. I think this is where you're going. They don't have NFL experience. They, when the Rams call and say, "We'll give you Bradford for Foles in a second," neither one of they look at each other and say. What do you think? Oh, okay, sure. They needed a veteran guy, a guy who had been in the league 20 years or so, to say, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. We'll give him foals for Bradford. We ain't not give him a second. You know, call him back and say, we'll give you foals and a six or so, you know, and then we'll meet him in the middle at a, at a four or something. Don't just give him the – t- don't just give away a second. And, and that kind of goes,
1: along with, uh, goes along, along with the idea that the McCoy for Alonzo deal was apparently – Completed within, what, a half an hour? I mean, that, those kind yeah. of deals usually take days, if not weeks, to come together to get the appropriate you know, fairness in terms of the deal and everything else. And it, that one seemed like it came together in a few minutes. And I think maybe that
2: Bills move, as you just said, Joe, is part of the problem. I mean, Chip has always really had success as a coach in his, in his career. I mean, you look, he moves up the ranks very quickly. He was great at Oregon, came with it a few points winning the championship, really built that program into one of the top college programs out there. Came to the NFL, was highly sought after, was, immediately became one of the highest paid coaches, won the division his first year. Last year, they don't make the playoffs, but they still finish 10-6 and six and have a top-five offense. I mean, Chip had every reason to believe that when he was given control over personnel, that he would be able to do it and do it well. And I think you saw that confidence and really that arrogance when he hired a guy like Ed Manowitz, who, you know— as Echol knows from talking to different people around the league, is well thought of. You know, this, isn't, this wasn't just a out – it was out of nowhere, but people do know who this guy is, even though he's young. But between the two, they only have – you know, this is Manowitz's first time ever doing this job, and Chip's been a head coach for two years, and it's his first year in, in, uh, in control of personnel. So they really didn't have a lot of experience. And I think that showed, and kind of that arrogance showed, when you're making deals like the Bills one, Because, you know, you're on the phone with the Bills, and they say, we'll give you Kiko, and you just go, boom, done. And, you, you know, you trade the franchise all-time leading rusher in a matter of minutes. Now, maybe they knew what his value was, and they were on the verge of cutting him. Who knows? But the problem is the whole offseason never really seemed well thought out. I mean, you trade for Bradford,
0: which – Oh, it know, was thought talked- out. I disagree 100%. There. But okay. the, the thought was this. And you know where I'm going with here, Elliot. The thought was we yeah. got to get
2: Marcus Mariota. But maybe, but maybe that Every- thought – and I agree that was the thought. But as, as you just said a few minutes ago, maybe they need a veteran guy in the ear to say, look, we're not going to try to get Mariota. Right. right. <laughs> you can try to get Mariota, And if you get him, that would be awesome. And do whatever it takes. But you can't let yourself fall in a situation where you have Sam Bradford as your quarterback. You know, so so maybe they need – I mean, maybe the combination of Ed and Chip needed someone to say, look, yes. you're not going to get Mariota," Or they needed someone to say, look, why are you giving DeMarco Murray all this money? Like, you know, yes. I mean, I know his cap hits low this year, but – and especially when the DeMarco move seemed so weird because, you know, they tried to sign Frank Gore. It's, it's almost like, you know, you, you, you tell yourself you're going to spend $3,000 on a car and then the one you want has gone. So you go and you buy a $50,000 car. It's like, well, well why didn't you just buy the $50,000 one to start if you're willing to spend and you liked it that much? So that's kind of what the whole offseason seemed like. And then – but again, they get to camp and they look really good. And I've said it a bunch of times on this podcast. This is my youth and inexperience showing. I bought in and I said, wow, this team looks good. And they, they, they smoked Green Bay. And Bradford had, you know, the best okay. game ever. Yeah, we'll yeah right? Ten, yeah, we'll always have Green Bay, right? <laughs> and so everything seemed so good. And I, so I think, Chip, and I remember before this season, one of the reasons I thought this team would be good was the feeling around the Novacare was just one of such optimism. Like there was just a feeling of like this team's really good. Everybody's feeling, you know, like everything's going great. It was just, it was just a good feeling around the Novacare for being there every day during training camp and traveling with the team. And just to compare it to now, I mean, you know, this is, you know, Monday, the day after the Buccaneers lost, the locker room's deserted. There's no one in there. Guys like Bradford, Murray, you know, leaders of this team, they're not talking. And I know they're not supposed to talk till, till you know, uh, Tuesday or whatever, but you know what? Your team's four and six. You just got beat, basically beat down at home. Why don't you talk a day early and, like, you know, try to inspire some confidence in your teammates. You talk to the players. There's no players-only meeting. And, you know, we are at practice for the first 20 minutes. They don't look too enthused. And it's just amazing the contrast in moods
1: between now and, and the uh, beginning of the year. Elliot, I'm glad, you brought up the, I'm, br- I'm glad you brought up the feelings because I feel like the fan base mirrors those feelings. The summer was so exciting. People were so pumped up talking about how good this team could be, talking about Chip Kelly and what he did and all this stuff. And now it's the exact opposite. And you guys know it. I mean, whether you're listening to talk radio or you're listening to our podcast or – People are interacting with you guys, whether it be social media or reading your pieces and commenting and whatever they do. I mean, people interact with you, too, and me all the time sometimes about the Eagles. actually so- in
0: person, too, Joe. I, we actually, I'm old. I actually still talk to people like, well, you know, I don't have to do it on, on computers. <laughs> What's that I actually, like? I, I miss that, Mark. <laughs> it's kind of fun sometimes. You know, you yeah, actually go out and meet people, talk to them. Yeah, it's, it's different. So you, you know.
1: so you know it, whether it be in person or, yes. or whatever this Internet thing is. You know it. I mean, fans are upset. So the question I have for both beside themselves. Right. The question I have for both of you is, why do you think people have turned on Chip Kelly so quickly here? I mean, he, he had success pretty quickly. He's only been here less than three years, and yet almost you know, every other person I talk to, in person or not, wants this guy out. I agree with you. I don't think he's out. I agree with both of you. I don't think Lurie's going to fire him. I don't think they're going to get rid of him after one year of giving him power. And he I don't, don't think he's going to leave. I don't think, he's he's don't think so Here's either. What is,
0: go. Here's what it is. Go ahead. Chip Kelly, to Eagle fans, is... The prettiest girl in school that they wanted to go out with for years. And they got him. Oh my God, she said yes. I mean, that's who everybody wanted. When when, when they fired Andy Reid, if you asked every, any fan or everybody, who, you can get it. Oh my Kip Kelly, but he first, he, remember, he spermed him at first. He wasn't going to come out. He's going to stay at Oregon. So you're looking at the Gus Bradleys of the world. Nobody wanted him. You know, that, you were trying to, seriously, he was a defensive coordinator from Seattle, big deal. Um, and, you know, Kip Kelly was the pretty girl. He was the, he was the prom queen. He was the oh my God, we can get kicked. And then you got him. And, and you won year for Oh my God. And this is gonna be great. We 10 and 6 the first year. Playoffs. And and you know, I I'll I'll say this forever. Last year, the team was better last year than they were in 2013. I know they didn't make the playoffs. I don't care. They that was a better team. They lost to better teams. It was just a better team. Last year was better than 2013. It just the record was the same. They lost to Aaron Rodgers last year, not to, not to uh, Scott Tolson. You know what I'm saying? They, everything went their way in 2013. I mean, every team they played had a guy missing. They didn't have anybody hurt the whole year, basically, except Vic. And then that worked out good for him because Foles came in. Um, last year was better. So things, in my opinion, things were getting better. Now, all of a sudden, the pretty girl isn't so pretty. You know, so, <laughs> you know I mean, it's, and you're hurt by it. Like, what happened? Like, this is my dream girl we're going to get married and we're going to live happily ever after. We're going to get that Super Bowl we never had before. And now it's like, no, what do you mean? What do you, you're saying somebody, what, I don't, and, and you're hurt. Fans are hurt. Their, their feelings are hurt. Their, their
2: hearts are broken. And that's why they're turning on. Well, I think another thing is, I mean, like who else is there to be mad about? I mean, you guys know, like in, in Eagles. I mean, in Philadelphia, the Eagles are are, are number one by far. And it's not like they can look at the Eagles and go, you know what, Howie's not doing a good job, or you know what, we got to move on from Foles. I mean, this is it. This is Chip. I mean, Chip wanted Chip wanted complete control. Well, yeah. you know, there's no one else to be mad at. And that's part of it be, too. You can't that's... be mad at Lurie, I mean, like Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, what's he supposed to do? And he's not really involved. I mean, he's involved, but he's you know he's got nothing to do with any of this other than giving Chip full control. So Chip's doing it all. So when they win and you know they they get back from. You know when they have that big win over the Giants and what was the score of that game? They they killed him in that game it was on a, a few weeks He's ago in prime time. Yeah, and, and everybody's after that game. All the fans are like, oh, you know, oh, so so much for everyone saying he was just a college coach. And oh, look, I guess his offense really is broken. And you know, it was this feeling of like, look, everyone that was making fun of Chip nationally, like take that. Like this is still our guy. He can coach. We're coming back. This is a bad division. Bradford, you know, still kind of sucks, but whatever. Right. So, <laughs> so that was you it was, that. yeah, that was me. Right. But my point is when, when things are going well with the Eagles, chips, the man and people love him. And yeah. more times than not, since Chip's been here, things have been better, but this is probably the ugliest it's ever been with the Eagles. I mean, I, I you know, there was those two losses, his first year back to back the division, but as Mark pointed out, you had Matt Barkley in one of those games and that was, oh, and that oh. was chips like, first okay. year, right. Both in both games, right but this time around i mean this you know this was the this is the ugliest it's ever been for Chep. so it'll be really interesting to see you know over these next six games i almost don't even care what their record is you just want to see the team compete play hard and just show signs of moving forward at this point and just looking like a team that plays hard and looking like you know what there's more guys that you, of this 53 man roster you're going to end up keeping more of them than you're going to get rid of because you really what you got to avoid at this point is another major overhaul this offseason you can't go where you're getting you know five new starters on offense a few new starters on defense you you know you're completely changing your depth you got to, you got to get a new quarterback there's there's no avoiding that so that's going to happen but like that's what you need over these next six games you
1: don't you just need for there to be hope again and that's really what chip needs to build up he does and, and he's lost a lot of that like you said and the fan base is is Skeptical is, is using a, a like term. People are just upset at this guy. So, Elliot, you just said there they need a new quarterback. They can't have a complete overhaul. Look, let's look forward here to the Chip Kelly era, assuming he does stay, assuming this thing doesn't completely go off the rails the next six weeks and they don't you know, go in a different direction or this thing doesn't go in a crazy direction. If he's here next year and he gets a new quarterback, I mean, next year will be year four mark of the Chip Kelly era. Usually when you get to year four in the NFL, if you haven't won a playoff game, if you're coming off a losing season, the seat is red hot. Where do we see this going forward? I mean, if he gets a quarterback, logic would say they have to give him a couple years with his quarterback. I mean, do we kind of reset the Chip Kelly timeline now? Where are you with that? Well, it depends who he gets.
0: If, yeah, if, if he drafts Paxton Lynch from, from Memphis with his first, like let's say they, they, they get, they, I mean, let's be honest, they're heading toward a pretty good pick right now. Yeah. You know, so if, if they get a high enough pick and their first pick is a quarterback, and I'm just throwing Paxton Lynch's name out there because he's probably the the, the the best of the college quarterbacks right now, um, this year. Yeah, you got to give him a little a little bit of time. You don't give him, I mean, you don't give him forever, but you give him a little bit of time. But if he signs a veteran, and I don't know, I mean, I, I, take your pick: Kaepernick, RG three, Jay Cutler, Matthew Stafford, I don't know, wh- whoever then No, you don't. You, you. The veterans have got to come in and, and win. I mean, um, it's funny. One of the few cordial, nice conversations Andy Reid and I ever had in, in his fourteen years. He he gave me a great quote. He was he used to do one on ones with the beat guys, and like right before the season, and we were talking, and we were talking about Donovan, and uh, he said something about. I think it was right after a couple coaches left and whatever got jobs, and he said he he said you know he compared it to Brett Favre in Green Bay he said you know when when we were all in green bay we all went on and and, and got jobs and did well and we would all laugh and say it's all because of number 4 and now here are things are happening and it's all because of number 5 and you know a, a quarterback can make a coach look so much better <laughs> you get a good quarterback you know
2: well, again, it ain't happening because of number seven, I can tell you that much. <laughs> Seven's not getting anyone any jobs anytime soon. He's going to cost some right, people some that, jobs. works that, <laughs>
0: right, that way too, yeah. A lot of, a lot of quarterbacks have, co- have cost coaches their jobs. But, I mean, it, it really does. You get the right quarterback. I mean, again, I hate to bring back the Mariota thing, but, uh, that, that, you know, Mariota came out a year too early. <laughs>
2: Or a year two. Yeah. I mean, just, doing, you know, the imagine how different the everything year. would be if they had Mariota. Just everything yeah. would be so different. But they don't. And that just shows, I mean, maybe they needed someone to say, like, you know, you're not going to get Mariota, man. Like, I know you want or, Mariota, but, but it's not happening.
0: Get, you know, if you really want them, you know, make the offer. I don't know. I mean, I don't, we'll never know exactly what, how that came down, but um, it, was, it was, you knew it was going to be hard. You knew it was going to be very, very difficult to move up from twenty to one or two, and they didn't, and they couldn't. Um, but I mean, that would have been that would have made things you're right. That would have made things. I mean, look at Tampa Bay, and yeah. I'm not even you know that they were the worst team in football last year, right? They got the first pick. They had to be had, That's how they got the mm-hmm. first pick. No, they're no longer. But
1: they, they're in the playoff race right now. Better than the Eagles, right? Yeah, and they, they, just, they just showed them, and they beat them by four scores. <laughs> I mean, they're uh, in the they're wild
0: they're in the wild card. They, they could. I mean, I don't know what they have left on their schedule, but you know they're right in the mix. At five and five, they're in the wild card picture. I mean, Atlanta's going the wrong way. Atlanta's six and four. They what they lost four in a row, three in a row. I guess four out of five and three in a row. So Atlanta's going the wrong way. It wouldn't shock me if the Tampa Bay. I, I'm, I mean, it's going to be why Minnesota's in the mix. Obviously, Seattle's coming on, but for Tampa Bay to even be in a to even be in a playoff conversation after going two and fourteen last year is remarkable. And yes, it's not just having James Winston, but that's the big part of it. You get your quarterback every, I've said this all, all the time about, you know, like the, the Green Bay Packers are a decent team with a great quarterback. And that's why they're in the playoff mix every year because they haven't take Aaron Rodgers off that team as they did a couple years ago. And they couldn't beat the Eagles with, with Nick Foles, right? I mean, you get that the, the quarterback, he hides so many other mistakes He hides so many other weaknesses. Uh, And I saw it with Donovan. Donovan won games. People talk about this wide receiving group being bad. Do they forget James Trash and Todd Pinkston and Freddie Mitchell? The Eagles Eagles went to to championship games with that group. Because they had Brown. Yeah, that that was bad. Yeah, but they had Donovan McNabb. So I'd I'd rather have the quarterback with a bunch of okay guys than a bunch of great
2: guys and Sam Bradford as my quarterback. Because you're not going to win that way. And that's really ultimately what's going to decide Chip Kelly's fate, both as a head coach and a general manager. If he can figure out a way to get a quarterback this offseason, this time next year we'll be talking about how ridiculous it was to think that they were going to fire Chip Kelly. If he doesn't get that guy, a year from now we'll be talking about, you know, hey, next you think go. Nick
1: Saban's going to leave Alabama? <laughs> like, you know, like. They <laughs> won't <laughs> go that route
2: again. <laughs> yeah, well, but maybe
1: not. Who knows? Let, let's wrap with this. Last, last one for you guys as we kind of look forward to the rest of the season. And we're not going to talk about predictions because it's a waste of time. But you guys were – you were there on Sunday. You were there after that game. Did, what, what kind of sense did you get from this team? I mean, there are teams that rally from four and six. There are teams that rally from bad weeks. The Eagles sounded to me from, you know, watching on TV, being home for that game and listening to different quotes and, and reading different quotes, they sounded like a team that's maybe starting to resign themselves to the fact that they're just – they're not very good. I didn't hear that earlier yeah. in the season. Uh, did you you get that sense, Elliot? That they kind of they feel this is what they are now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think at this case, you're
2: talking best case scenario is eight and eight. I think wow. if they can go if they can go finish eight and eight, that would be a, that would be a good finish for this team. Might this it point. might win a division. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but more realistically, I mean, they might beat the Lions. They might do it. I would be surprised. I guess at this point, they might beat them. But then you got the Patriots. They're gonna get. I mean, up, that's going to be ugly. And then you have the Bills coming here. That's a team that's going to play hard. I don't think the Eagles will beat them. I mean, I, Redskins, Giants, they're all playing pretty well. Um, so they, I mean, the schedule is not easy the rest of the way. I mean, the Eagles are not as good as, I mean, the Cardinals. The Eagles, there's no team left on the schedule that the Eagles should beat, put it that way. So is this team going to have it in them to, to beat a team? They don't, they're not supposed to, and they're going to have a spirited effort. I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm certainly not getting that vibe
0: at all. Yeah, me. Either. And it's, you know what's scary when you look at this season? Counting the Lions game as their 11th game, the Eagles were favored to win nine of their 11 games this year. Think huh. about that. They Just were supposed like 2011,
1: to just like the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. That team was favored all
0: the time. They were supposed to win nine of their they, – they after Detroit, if, the, if form held, they, they were supposed to be nine and, nine and two. Man. Nine and two, we're talking about getting home field advantage. Right, so if I get a home, or a home, at least a a buy, and you know Carolina would still be ten and zero, but you know that was the only game they were underdogs. What to Carolina and one other game? I forget what the other one was.
2: Well, here, here, here's here's what I here's what I'll say to kind of encompass everything we've been talking about: the Jets, the, the, Jets. Game were the, underdogs the underdogs against, against the Jets. Jets. Jets, yep, and they won that one.
0: One okay, One hundred underdogs, they won.
2: <laughs> I mean, here here's again. Like we're talking about, is Chip Kelly the problem with this team, right? And Mark, you can speak to this more than definitely more than I can. You've covered the NFL you know just as long as I've been alive. The the two key parts of any team, head coach, quarterback, right? You got to have you got to have good head coach. You got to have a good quarterback. The Eagles with Chip Kelly the past two seasons, not including this year, won a division, went 20 and 12, and were competitive. Bradford without Chip Kelly was one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. You bring Bradford in, he works with Chip, and look what's happened. So you have to – to me, it's simple. You get rid of Bradford, and I think Chip can get this thing turned around. But the biggest mistake they can make is recommitting themselves to Bradford this offseason and, you know, yeah. t- talking themselves into it somehow. He's,
1: he's not the answer.
2: If you're talking about just purely if you should fire Chip or not, Chip I, is still the guy to turn this thing around, I believe.
1: Yeah, I right. think the biggest mistake he, he could make is, is pick – again, like you, you guys, you guys have said it here on this episode – Picking the next quarterback has to be the right quarterback. Otherwise, yes. it's over. Yes. Yep. Whether it's a rookie or a
0: veteran, it's got to be right. And that's where Kip, I think, made a mistake. And, again, this might have been – you know what happened? That, Foles, that fluke Foles year that eight, those fluky games where he was really good. And we know he's not that good now. He's not even – he's behind Case Keenum, for, for God's sake. But there were some quarterbacks in that – now, Kip's first year, he comes in. He probably wanted a quarterback. The the year he had the fourth
1: pick, but there weren't any quarterbacks there. That was the worst quarterback draft in the history of drafts. Geno Smith was the first one selected, right? EJ Manuel was even worse, and then Geno Smith, and they both
0: stink. Yeah, they were the two best, and they both. I mean, for that, that was just bad luck that the Eagles had a chance with the fourth pick. The fourth pick, you could get a. You normally, if there's a good quarterback, you're gonna, you're gonna, you got a good chance to get them. Well, there weren't any good quarterbacks, so he got. So he took Lane Johnson, good, good player, worked out okay for there, but. So he had no chance of a quarterback that year. So he had to roll the dice that he, that he, that he was dealt – or play the cards he, he was dealt. Then the second year, Foles looks so good, goes to the Pro Bowl for God's You know, he, he won the MVP to Pro Bowl. So you don't take a Teddy Bridgewater when he's available. Or Derek or, Carr. Or, or Derek Carr. They were both there. But that wouldn't have been – that wasn't – It probably was the right move looking back, but 2020 hindsight. Yes, they should have taken it, whichever one they liked better. That's who they should have taken. And then you have your mix. You have your, I mean, every good coach in history almost has had the coach and quarterback, whether it's going back to, you know, uh, Jimmy Johnson and Troy Aikman, uh, Bill Walsh and Joe Montana, um, you know, Mike Holmgren and Brett Favre. Andy Reid and – now, they, they didn't accomplish as much, but they did – they were – and Eagles talk, Andy Reid, Donovan, McNabb. I mean, you you had that. Kip hasn't had it. Kip had uh, Nick Foles, Mike Vick, who he inherited it, who was near the end. Nick Foles, who he never really wanted. Then Bradford, he takes a – like we said, he took a gamble and lost. So, I mean, yeah, looking back, you know, he it would have been nice to have a – and I'm not
1: even sold on Bridgewater, but I, I'd be – I'd like to see him here now. <laughs> yeah, drafting Marcus Smith over Teddy Bridgewater does feel like a mistake, huh? A little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. A little well, bit. They, I think Bridgewater has one more tackle than him right now. <laughs> he has at, he least, they're at
0: least tied.
1: <laughs> so the Eagles here, 4-6 uh, and six at the recording of this podcast. They'll move on. You guys will be um, in Detroit for Thanksgiving. We'll reconvene uh, after the holiday, and we'll see where the Eagles are at then, but... Uh, obviously, the debate's going to stand for a while. Win or lose against the Lions and what they do the rest of the season. The Chip Kelly era is under real question for the first time. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But uh, this is not what I expected to be talking about after, we, after the 10th game of the season, guys. But this is where we're at. Yep. Yeah, well,
2: it should be a, right. <laughs> yeah, Happy be a fun Thanksgiving.
1: Happy Thanksgiving, Eagles fans. Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Elliot, thanks for doing this, man. Yep, talk to you guys, son. Thanks, Mark. Thank you,
2: Joe. Take care.
1: And thanks to all of you for listening to episode 17 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. Make sure to follow the show at the No Huddle Show on Twitter. We'll tweet out all the different episodes. Um, and then, of course, we'll be back, um, we'll be back soon, and we'll, we'll do it again and talk Eagles football and uh, whatever the future is of Chip Kelly right here on the No Huddle Show.